everyone. I am Tara Acosta, and welcome to the Street Smart Side of Business. Uh, today, I'm so excited to welcome Michelle McLaughlin. She is the president and CEO and founder of Brand Activation Consulting. And I'm going to let Michelle tell us a little bit about what her company is, and we're going to hear all about her journey. Well, first, Tara, thanks for having me. I'm really yes. excited. Um, Brand Activation Consulting, we started in 2015. We are a brand extension and marketing agency. So essentially what we do is big brands like Hershey Company and Build-A-Bear Workshop, uh, Peeps Confections, they've built 50 years of equity in their brand um, and they market their brand every year. We capitalize on that equity and bring them into categories of production of products okay. that they actually don't produce on their own. They do through third-party experts that have the experience in those categories. So for example, the Hershey Company doesn't produce t-shirts and apparel. And we'll, we have the rights uh, to bring their brand into other categories and sign those deals with third parties. So it's a lot of strategizing on who to work with. Uh, for what channels of retail, and then signing those deals, negotiating the rights, and then managing them for the long term. And with that, um, and you guys, you know, specializing in licensing as a specific part of you know this industry, um, that's something you'll help them with all of their like brand trademarking. Yes. So we advise that on that subject for sure. A lot of our our licensors is what they're called. Mm -hmm. So uh, we represent a host of different companies, the Hershey Company, Revlon, Just Born Confections, Build-A-Bear Workshop, and Hormel Foods. So they will have their in-house lawyers. And it's part of their everyday business to register their trademarks in multiple classes of trade. Uh, both here in the U.S. and internationally. Mm -hmm. So they, they do that on their own. We advise them on how to do that in the most cost-effective way and what categories they should register. Um, here in the U.S., uh, most things are, are covered under popular brand status, but uh, internationally, it's always, one, good to register your trademark, sure. and two, to put it in action, and licensing helps them protect their trademark from counterfeit usage. Okay. So, that's, that's a little bit about the trademark. We advise, they register. Okay, that's mm -hmm. awesome. And you know, with going from you know, candy to t-shirts, it doesn't matter where it's used, it's, as long as it's registered, they're, good, they're ready to rock, they're good that's to go. That's right, and then they get to actually, from a really positive EBITDA, uh, profitable yeah. standpoint, they get to capitalize on their brand without really putting in a lot of effort. Right. Um, it's really the effort they've put in all along the way from inception. Yeah, that's pretty mm -hmm. amazing. Yes, it is. So, what got you on this journey? Like, let's let's go back to school. Okay. Um, was marketing your major? Was that something that you knew you wanted to go down that path? Yes. So, I was Temple grad here in Philadelphia. Nice. Um, dual major. I, I was actually in journalism um, and then PR uh, and and advertising. So uh, I started more on the path of an advertising. No one really goes to school for licensing. It's one of those marketing uh, divisions that you fall sure. into. Sure. Um, is that even like an option? I think at some schools it okay. is. I it know NYU be. has a course and okay. um, you know maybe one day Temple will. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's really one of those things you fall into and then you develop and your skill throughout time. 
So I started more on the advertising uh, avenue. I was doing internships at Young and Rubicam in New York um, uh, on big brands, and then I really found entertainment, which I thought was so exciting and glamorous. Yeah. Um, and I had lined up after Temple an internship at Morgan Creek Productions in their marketing department. Um, Morgan Creek put out put, uh, films like Ace Ventura okay. and uh, The King and I and so on. Awesome. So, uh, And how old were you at this I was point? 22. Okay, so that's like amazing. Yes. So I moved to California, packed my bags, moved to California and uh, did my internship and then was hired in their marketing department doing everything from TV campaigns and movie posters to the press junkets and the, the live events. Um, as well as promotions, which is very close to licensing because what you're essentially doing is taking the film, partnering with a big third party, so you think about McDonald's and Burger King and Kraft, and negotiating deals where they they have the rights to do that, they have the rights to promote the film sure. and utilize the graphics to really capitalize on the hype of the film right. um, during a certain time period. And that is actually where I started in, and then I moved into Warner Brothers, uh, okay. and I did their theatrical promotions. So big Burger King deals, and I worked on uh, Pokemon. And, yeah, like so fun. Yeah, Harry and Potter. Like, so oh it was really fun. Yeah. And um, from there, things progressed, right? So you work with big brands. Um, you're doing big level promotions by way of uh, theatrical releases. And uh, I moved on to work at Mattel after that. And this is where um, I, I, some people call it masochistic, but I worked in the retail division. Okay. So I did their national level promotions for Barbie. Barbie. Yeah. Lots of pink taffeta. <laughs> um, to say the least. <laughs> rhinestones, pink taffeta, <laughs> glitter. Um, I did a lot of national promotions for them. I did some cellular promotions where we, you know, you buy four dolls, you get the cell phone. And then we uh, did account level promotions where we worked with Walmart and Target and Toys R Us. And I found that actually that was my passion. I okay. loved working with retail. Okay. Now, when you're saying promotions, like are you at this point like organizing, you know, what the promotion should be? Or are you helping with the advertising, layout, you know, approval, acceptance, denial, all yeah. that good stuff? It's a... It's a little bit of both, to okay. be honest. Mm -hmm. So uh, what we have in our industry is this above the line and below the line type of marketing. Above the line type of marketing is more of your TV ads, your now social media, um, sure. and your paid programming. Below the line is more of your promotions, your account level promotions and PR. Account level promotions and national promotions, what we did is I was able to pitch the idea internally. Yeah. Once the idea comes to fruition, it's my job to make it happen. You know, every asset coming to life, awesome. whether that be on pack and having the creative team develop the assets, making sure we have all the legal clearances, et cetera. Um, and then Tell managing. It was, it was so <laughs> fun, though. It's yeah. fun. I mean, who can say that, they, you know, they're working with kids all day long. Yeah. Um, and then figuring out what they love holding events with kids right. and they're doing you know when you plan a promotion for a long time and it starts to really come into action it's driving sales which is always the 
part you're trying to achieve. Yes. Right? Hence the goal. But <laughs> you're seeing kids dancing and having a great time. Yeah, that's awesome. And doing the mamba in store. Right. You know, it's really fun. That's so, so fun. I loved, love, love that. And one of the things that carried through was retail development. There's a very small group of people across the country that really work in category management, retail development, sure. work with retailers and understand them. So from that, uh, I went on to work with Nickelodeon in New York. Okay. Um, now with all of these, yeah. are you being employed by them? Yes. Or are you like freelance or? Completely employed. Okay. So the you're W2? <laughs> yeah, W2. Okay. Safe bet, collecting paychecks, uh -huh. doing my job, right? Absolutely. We um, love that warm, cushy paycheck. That's right. <laughs> and then, you know, when you get to a point, so I start working in licensing at Nickelodeon, but I knew at that time I was doing retail development, deal negotiation, et cetera. Then went on to work in international. So I had a really broad swath yeah. of experience at this point. And I thought, well, at the time, you were really, for licensing and entertainment marketing, landlocked to two places, New York or LA. Right. This is pre-COVID, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, <laughs> Whole different world. Yeah. I was like, I want to do this on my own. I can do this on my own, right? Um, I'm going to do this. I have to get a plan to get there. And. The thing about working for big companies, and this is something everyone should know, is when they leap from working for a mega company, mm -hmm. mega brand, to then working for yourself. It's a whole nother game. Mm -hmm. I knew that to be true. I knew that if I called and said, hello, this is Michelle McLaughlin Agency, I might not get a phone call back, but if I'm calling from Nickelodeon, right. everybody picks up the phone. Sure. So I needed to learn how to work at a smaller company that build brands and secure brands, how to keep the lights on, yeah, um, and manage the budget, budget from soup to nuts. Yeah. Because when you're in a big company, you're here in a, your function, but you're not doing everything. Right. Not wearing all the hats. Not wear, and you know, <laughs> if you're not wearing all the hats, you don't know what you're doing when you start, and you'll never have all the hats mastered no. when uh -uh. you start your own company. Absolutely. Um, lot to learn every day, but at least I knew how to take and master that negotiation and securing a deal and new and prioritizing what would generate revenue. Right. So. I went to a like smaller the, the agency. The key things. The key things. Yes. Like you need to know how to get people to answer the phone. You need to secure big deals and land new licensors and sure. brands for your agency. So I went to a smaller agency called TLC. I worked there for seven years. It brought me to open up their office in Shanghai and manage Asia, uh, and which was we, really exciting. So TLC. Not not the network. Okay, uh, just to be clear, it, it hits it right <laughs> on the nose. It was called the licensing company TLC. Okay, got you, got <laughs> and, you. Yeah, and we managed brands. Um, they were smaller brands, and what they brought me in the business to do is to help uh, develop strategy, mm -hmm. develop retail develop, have retail development, which wasn't a function for them before and okay. a necessity. So they would typically outsource that. They didn't, they just didn't have they it. They just didn't have it. Mm -hmm. okay. They were small, you know, right. growing. And they were a boutique. We described ourselves a boutique agency sure. at the time. Sure. But during my tenure there, and along with some really great people, we landed the accounts for Jeep Chrysler, Coca Cola, and Hershey. It's amazing. All right. So 
we became big, mm -hmm. <laughs> no, no boutique anymore, and global. Wow. So I went and opened the office in Shanghai because it was an adventure, to be honest. I mean, how did that conversation even go? If I'm going to be really frank, I left the company okay. and said, I'm ready to start my company now. Right. I'm ready to do my own thing. Um, and I left, and three months later, the owner of the company called and said, I know you left. I know what you want to do, but... I, you love adventure. Do you want to off, open our office in Shanghai and manage Greater China, Southeast Asia? Was, I mean, <laughs> yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Yes, exactly. Here. Exactly. So uh, we did that for three years, and it was, you know, a lot of people describe New York City in the 1920s as being this like completely opportunistic. Uh, market and things were just happening and that was Shanghai and China when yeah. I was there and it was now were absolutely you, amazing. Where were you at in your life? Were you single? Were Married you with an 18 month old. Okay. Knowing I wanted to have a second child. Yeah. Uh, and my son was born in China. That's awesome. Yes. So we spent three years there, got to see the world as well as really manage and launch some amazing businesses. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, so we launched in the Coca-Cola licensing business in China and, sh and Southeast Asia. I launched the Hershey business in Southeast Asia and then expanded in a, uh, with a lot of diffusion brands, okay. essentially, the Jeep brand across Asia. So it was very exciting. It was so an exciting time. That sounds incredible. You mm -hmm. know, it really does. Like, what an adventure. And, like, nailed it, executed, mission accomplished. Right. Um, what's a diffusion brand? I'm not sure what that is. So when you have the best way to describe that is you have Ralph Lauren mm -hmm. and you have Lauren mm -hmm. and Polo Ralph Lauren. Okay. Diffusion brands. Gotcha. So you have primary brands that are the umbrella. And when I went to China, Jeep believe it or not, was a premium men's apparel brand. Really? In addition to being a really expensive car. Wow, <laughs> yeah. that's so interesting. Exactly. Okay. So cool. it, it's different markets, different things. It really stood for like rugged Americana. Right. So it had a men's line. And then I launched diffusion lines for young adults that okay. was more fashion forward. And then a kid's line. That's um, so fun. J is for Jeep. You know, you say J is for Jeep, A is yeah, for Apple. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we did all of that, and it was it was really fun. It was it was like dog years. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, <laughs> but it was I bet fantastic. Oh yeah. Oh my god, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. So at your you know when when that part of life that chapter was ready to close and move on to the next, what happened? So that was the big leap, right? We could stay in China. We got offered to stay there and renew our contracts, or come home. Yeah. And uh, after much deliberation between my husband and I, our kids were young. Um, we wanted them to grow up here and see their grandparents and their, mm -hmm. you know, sibling cousins and sure. so on. So um, back to family. It is back to family. Mm -hmm. So we came home, and that was the best time to start the business again. Cool. And. The good news is, is there was a lot of opportunity from a consulting capacity at first. Right. And that's something to think about as a new business owner because from a licensing perspective, there are certain businesses in this world, licensing being one of them, that the revenue doesn't come in right away. 
Yeah. There's always this hole of the first couple of years in a new business as, for, as a new business owner. Yeah, of course. I feel like that would be any, <laughs> any industry, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, with licensing, your true revenue doesn't really cap, you don't really see the fruition of that for three years. Okay. Because you have to have the products you negotiate, you have to develop those products through your, with your partners, they have to sell them into retail, and then they have to be on shelf. That takes about two years, yeah, 18 months to two years. You really make your revenue when it starts to sell on shelf. Interesting. So you get a percentage mm-hmm. sure. of every unit sold. So the first two years you sit there, you're crushing fingers. Of course, <laughs> uh, absolutely. And you have to find really other revenue streams that are immediate. So we did a lot of consulting. That's which, what I was gonna say. So like, is it, are you, basically like just all on funding at that point and mm-hmm. you know taking out rolling loans. the dice yeah, yeah. I, I mean and again like I feel like that would be any industry but is there so for a funding aspect is that something like there's specific funding companies that back such an industry well the good news is is I had a lot of relationships in the industry and in general marketing okay. So uh, through relationships, I already had several long-term consultancy projects lined up uh, when we came back. So one was with a company called Equinox, not the gym. Okay. It's another marketing company Mm -hmm. um, with A&E Networks and then with Build-A-Bear Workshop. All through relationships that you have from the industry. Yeah. That really allowed my business partner, who I took on at the time, um, and I to really get focused on delivering on that consultancy project okay. and ongoing advice mm-hmm. or deliverable of a project, various executions, but then also start to think about retaining clients from a licensing basis. Sure. And our first, our first agent uh, relationship was with Build-A-Bear Workshop, who was also a consulting partner. Okay. So with that, they were our first partnership, and then we started to pitch for, along with its, you know, a request for proposals, so RFP process. Sure. uh, With other agents and winning the business. So our second client was Just Born Confections, and we were just so excited because... Peeps is a great brand. Yeah, it's like owns absolutely. Eastern. I mean, and they're you know these are like household names. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And, and that's what you want. You in licensing, you need to have this like beloved brand that has emotional connection, and a really um, a heritage to a degree. Sure. So we knew our lane. We moved away from entertainment, and we really stuck to consumer product. Um, CPG brands, fast-moving fast moving consumer product goods, um, and then also uh, on things that are a little bit more on the passion end, which is we represent a brand called Rebel Girls, which is all about female empowerment. It's a book series that um, focuses on 100 women in history and today that are like you, you know, and um, really inspire girls to be the best they can be. So that's more of like passion. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, so we really started to then start acquiring new businesses and winning the rights to these, these big brands. Yeah. And it's all based on the fact that we were no bigger. We're very small compared to established agencies. But we take a long-term approach to the business. So what that means is, is 
in the licensing industry, things can be transactional. Mm -hmm. So people do deals for uh, the immediate win of sure. Whatever what's the called a minimum is. minimum guarantee. Okay. But they don't end up selling anything into retail for the long term. So we didn't want to have that model. But those minimum guarantees keep the lights on. Sure. So there's a healthy balance to staying small, prioritizing your business, but winning with long-term strategies. Yeah. So that was kind of like our pitch. We are small, but we're patient and long with long-term wins. Yes, yeah, you're in it for the long haul. Exactly. Yeah. So our we started to win more clients based on the work we did with Build a Bear, the work we did with Peeps finally came to fruition. And once that was on shelf and in the market, that's when we won Hormel Foods, Hershey, awesome. Rebel Girls, and now Revlon. So, um, yeah, it takes time. It yeah. took, you have to prove yourself and then build the next step. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, see it work. See it come to fruition. Exactly. You exactly. Know, taking those baby steps. They, yeah. I like to call it like a nice cadence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and that, you know, that's something that I feel like it's important for all of us and any future entrepreneur to know. Um, just basically, it's it doesn't happen like that. Oh, no. And I think there's like a little bit of a misconception about like success and people see someone such as yourself that is successful and, you know, running their own company with like this incredible experience. But, you you know, that's why I like this discussion because we're really seeing the journey. Oh, it's the time journey. frame, the work put in, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, takes it doesn't years. just happen. Exactly. And as you know, you know, you throw a wrench in the system and you have this five-year plan and then COVID hits. Yeah. And then you have now a global freight issue yeah. uh, discussion that, that affects our business. So recession. So these things you have to be prepared for to a degree. Yeah. Well, the no crystal one... ball was broken on the COVID <laughs> situation. That's right. It really was. <laughs> I, I think that there's only so much you can prepare for, but yeah. you have to be ready for those hits along the way. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So how how did you guys manage through that? It was very interesting. It was the year we, so again, we launched in 2015. So by 2020 was supposed to be our high point. Things were supposed to start to go on an upward trajectory. So we were growing each year, but mildly. And then, you know, you have to put in all of your like sweat labor. Of course. Um, and keep your staff levels low. Well. 2020 was our year and the projections were going through the roof and we were hiring and so on. That took, yeah. <laughs> it's like a hard from laps. March to May, the, the numbers just yeah. kept creeping down and you really just had to say, okay, we have to throw out the next three years and yeah. restart with yeah. a plan. The good news is, is we were pretty small and nimble. We had... Uh, five employees at the time. Okay. Um, we did scale back. Yeah. It was a necessity. Had to. A lot of companies did. Or scale back in hours, even. Mm -hmm. You know, things like that. Um, and really start over. Uh, not entirely. It was a bit of a reset. Yeah. But the good news is, is that we still were pretty healthy. Um, financially, and. Our licensors who we deliver to and we have to really make sure that we are performing yeah not only financially but 
in the world of licensing, you also have to make sure that you're giving them positive brand marketing impressions, right, sure. through your partnerships. And you have to deliver on what they want in addition to some things make, you know, are huge revenue generators. Some things that are really beneficial to the brand owner and the brand yeah. are not. We maintain that, but they were also taking a hit. All of our licensors were, it was a global pandemic. There was no ignoring it. Yeah. So big brands like Hershey was actually, they were seeing a massive spike because can't, confection consumption was up through the roof. I mean, guilty. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> I bring it on. Yes, exactly. So uh, you and everyone else, like I, s'more, s'mores became an everyday oh, experience. Yeah, literally. Well, you know, anything like that or like alcohol, I'm sure we're like. That's right, exactly. <laughs> Lawn furniture, yeah, up. Yeah, Home exactly. decor, up. Yeah. Apparel, not so much. <laughs> um, and the challenge is, is retailers were closed. Right. So uh, we really planned, we, we just reset in May. And we basically said to all of our licensors who were completely understanding of the situation, this is a new day. We have to look at a different five-year plan yeah. from this day forward. And we don't know what the future brings yet. Right. Because it's not over. Yeah. So you're basically starting fresh without starting fresh. Exactly. And, and it, that, that's where partnership really matters, right? So the people you work with, the good news is, is when you start your own company, you can say, I, want to, I can select the people I want to work with. Yeah. <laughs> and we have amazing licensors. So they were with us every step of the way. Yeah. And we were just Spare really figuring it out together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is, that's so nice and so important, just having that support you know, and knowing that you're all in this together and like, okay, how can we work through this? And, and keeping yeah. it fluid, keeping yeah. open communication. Of course. Making sure that everyone understands what's going on in the industry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, and so for you, like from a stress level perspective, like you were, did you feel like overwhelmed? I mean, that's something that, you know, I feel like a lot of, again, young entrepreneurs and experience, it's just, figuring out like that there are hiccups and you know how to deal with like stress and anxiety when these things happen and of course COVID was such an exception <laughs> and something none of us had mm -hmm. prepared for but I mean how did you manage that? So I think it was very stressful for about three months and then you just have to let go. Yeah. You have to say I'm going to do we have a plan Everybody's agreed to this plan. It may change tomorrow, but we're just going to have to ride with this. Yeah. So to overanalyze the future when you can't predict it in, in a moment like that mm -hmm. is just a waste of time, energy, mm -hmm. and stress levels. Yeah. So really, once we got a handle on this is going to be longer than we thought. Yeah. And it could affect all of next year and maybe even the next year. Sure. Let's keep an eye on things. And then we can make decisions, at, you know, as we have more information. Absolutely. I think that's key. You, sometimes you just got to let it go. Yeah. If not, you could be a ball of stress all the time. Well, so and leading, you know, into the next thing I did want to kind of touch on is just the badass businesswoman that you are <laughs> and mom. And, you know, the next thing you had to deal with. And I guess it was after COVID was your diagnosis. Yes. Um, so, and just, you know, 
if you want to talk about that and then even just managing that and your stress while still running your company and mm-hmm. still momming and being a wife and juggling all that stuff mm-hmm. and coming out on top. Yes, so I was diagnosed with breast cancer in September of 21. So a year ago, last week. Yeah. Um, it was quite a shock, I'm not gonna lie. It was not, I have no predisposition, I don't have family history, etc. And um, yeah, it was a, that's a life altering event. Absolutely. So again, it is one of those things like any, like same attitude as a pandemic and owning your own business is, okay, where's my support system? Yeah. How do we work together? Yeah. Understand the facts, get all the knowledge you can, be your biggest advocate, which was something I am, it's gonna be my passion project moving forward is, the one thing is, is that, you know, I'm fortunate to have a couple of nurses and pharma reps and so on mm-hmm. in my family who could really help push me to ask the right questions and move in my own and be my own advocate. Yeah. Um, so the way that affected me was really pulling in my support group, just like I would in business and, you know, during COVID. My husband was a rock and really fantastic picked up all the slack with the, you know, kids events and so on. My kids were amazing. And I have an amazing support group through my friends and family. So uh, leaning on them, but knowing how to manage yourself, just knowing what you can handle is the best point. And and again, much like the unknown of COVID day to day, I didn't know how I was going to feel throughout that year. Sure. So um, I actually chose not to tell anyone I worked with until uh, outside of my close, my business partner and my immediate employees right. until I was done with chemo. And the reason being is I felt like that, I wanted to be as on it mm-hmm. and present mm-hmm. as possible. And I felt like if I was putting on a show to be as on it, as present as possible, because you, I, totally I was able to that. be. Yeah. Um, during the days where I didn't, I, there's a couple of days you don't feel well, but then the rest is fine. So if I could do that and not have to talk about it all the time. Right. The focus was, at work is still work. Yes, exactly. And and I was, I was working regular days and all the way up to the end of my chemo and through radiation. Yeah. Um, so. I just think you're such a rock star. Yeah. I There was this analogy that someone said and it was just quite you know funny I think a comedian and she, she was diagnosed with breast cancer and she she put the analogy of she was diving at scuba diving once and her husband came up to her and said just so you know there's sharks in the water we have to get back to the boat and her analogy for her cancer experience was I just have to get to the ladder. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like yeah. my experience was I just have to get to the ladder yeah. but you live your life every day um, and try to live it to the fullest as, as you can. Yeah. Because, you know, this is your family's around you. You, you want to be up for them Absolutely. as well. And work just helped me get through it, to be honest. Yeah. And um, it's like a distraction. A distraction. A side and focus. A, yes. Uh, and, you know, it was routine for me. 
Right. It right? was my routine, right. and it keeps my it keep me it kept me focused. Yeah. On something that I knew I had control over. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I just think that's you know your experience and sharing it. Thank you, by the way, mm -hmm. is just you know really good for people to understand that you know we just don't know what curveballs are going to get thrown at us, but no. like they can be dealt with, and you know, and you can still come through it and deal with your, your stuff every day mm -hmm. and, um, you know, just basically manage, run your company, handle your household, I mean, with such grace and still, like, have this amazing, successful business. Yes. And girl, kudos. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I have to say this is a better year. <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, Absolutely. We're coming out of COVID, so work and everything is on a really yeah. spike on a trajectory yeah. for all of our com our brands that we represent, our company. And, you know, yeah. I'm out of that stage of things. Absolutely. Um, yes, yeah, so it's good. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, I, it was really a pleasure. And honestly, like just hearing your journey and you sharing it and you know for anybody new starting out or starting their own company and I, I know I, I learned a lot. <laughs> All right, thank you for having so, me. So absolutely All right. and uh, we'll see you again. Maybe we'll have you back. We'll do a little update. I okay. would love that yeah. if I can rope you in. I'll bring props next time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks Michelle. All right, thank you.